Hey guys, welcome to Fiction Fixation. Each week we get together and we recap a different book or movie. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. This week we are covering the movie adaptation of Gone Girl. The movie is starring Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike. Yeah, we already established from Pride and Prejudice what we think of her. She is just ethereal and gorgeous and perfect. She she is. She is like one of the prettiest people I've ever seen in my life. And Ben Affleck, he looks like the human you would get in a box if you ordered like the basic white guy package, you know? Yeah. Like he's attractive, but in a very, very like expected way. A generic way. It's so generic. I mean, yeah, but like there are worse things in life than being a generically attractive dude. Uh, Absolutely. As in everyone else in the population. (laughs) Like everyone else has it worse. He did score J-Lo twice. So, yeah, like apparently generically attractive man is, you know, in demand. The movie opens up with one of the creepiest introductions I've ever seen to a couple. Yeah. So you have Nick, who is played by Ben Affleck. And he talks about how he wants to crack his wife's skull open to see what's in it. It was so bizarre. It was like he could have said, I'm, I want to know what she's thinking. But instead, he gets really creative and he's like, I want to crack her skull open. Like, sir, maybe don't think about violence against your wife, even in a metaphorical Yeah. Well, I feel like you can't be average looking and creepy. Like you have to pick a struggle, you know, like it's giving unsub vibes. Well, here's the thing. Maybe it is because he's pretty average looking. I'm not scared of Ben Affleck. (laughs) I'm, I'm not. I'm not scared of Nick Dunn. Nick Dunn and Amy Dunn, they've been married for five years. It's actually when the movie starts, it's their five year anniversary. Yes. And instead of sort of being excited to celebrate five years of marriage with his wife. Nick is at the bar he co-owns with his sister, drinking, talking about how angry he is that his wife is so extra when it comes to anniversaries. I guess he feels like this pressure because she takes things overboard. And so apparently she always plans like a big scavenger hunt on their anniversary and he always feels like what he does is never enough like he could literally buy her a diamond tennis bracelet and she would be like oh okay but i just did a 14 point scavenger hunt for you could you not like could you not do a scavenger hunt for me thank you i would love to not have to work for my gift you know (laughs) well and honestly i can understand if it was for like big anniversaries Mm -hmm. We'll say like one, five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Like maybe that's not, yeah, you know, overboard. But she does it every year, and he's just fucking over it. It's a lot. I bet it was like really cute, like the first time. Yeah. Like, oh, my wife is so creative. Um, but yeah, so we learn about their marriage through Amy's diary entries, and so we learn like how they met and how their marriage unraveled. And the story of how they met is really cute. They met at, it was just like a house party thing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they banter. They have these really cute, like, back and forth. And then he takes her out. He takes her outside. This is in New York City. And he takes her to this alleyway where 
a bakery is getting their powdered sugar delivery. Yeah, and so like the powdered sugar is all in the air and it looks kind of like snow. Mm-hmm. Um and he like wipes it off her lips and kisses her. Very cute, very sweet. Adorable. It also makes you wonder like how many times has he done this like for him to know it was there and for him to know it's like romantic. I want to think that it was just, you know, serendipitous that that happened. He knew it was there. Like, he took, he's like, I want to show you something. Like, he knew that was a thing. I don't know. Maybe he quit cocaine, so he just goes and stands in the alley and <laughs> snorts powdered sugar. Girl, do you know my anxiety ass? I was like, is, what does this do for your lungs? Like, I would have totally ruined a moment because he would have been like, oh, powdered sugar in the air. I want to kiss your sweet lips. And I would have been like holding my breath. Like, I don't want to die. <laughs> like, this sugar is going to get in my lungs. Do you have a buterol on you? <laughs> I would be wheezing. It's so toxic. Red flag, red flag. I'm sure it's fine. That's how they met. And then their marriage started unraveling um, after the recession. Yeah, so they both lost their jobs, um, but she has a trust fund that she could really survive comfortably off of. Uh, He does not. Right. It's just them, so they don't have children to worry about. But she was really carrying their household financially, and he was just kind of sitting at home, like, daydreaming, playing video games all day. Another thing that made their marriage unravel quickly is the fact that Nick and Amy had to end up moving to Missouri to like this small suburban town in Missouri from New York City. So that was a big change. And like yeah. that's where the story takes place is in Missouri. Yeah, because Nick's mother was very ill. So they had to mm-hmm. move back to help take care of her. Yeah. Amy, Amy's parents are writers and they wrote this series called The Amazing Amy. Um, and it was about Amy and her childhood. But... It's about all the things that Amy either never got to do or that her parents would never allow her to do. So it was like they wrote about the daughter, Amy, the daughter they wish they had, not the daughter they actually had, which is probably a whole lot of fucking trauma there. That's such a mind fuck. Yeah. So her parents, it was it was this very popular book series. And so Amy grew up having this shadow over her childhood where it was like, there's real life Amy and then there's cartoon book Amy who mm-hmm. was accomplished at all the things that real Amy kind of failed at, like the cello or volleyball or, you know, having a dog. Yeah. You know, like the real Amy didn't have a dog, but book Amy had it. But real Amy wanted a dog and her parents always said no, but then they gave book Amy a dog. <laughs> I will we'll put a pin in this, okay? Um, because we're going to come back to it later. But so, yeah, they Nick and Amy's marriage has been falling apart. um, And we're hearing about all of this through her diaries. And Amy talks about how she wanted a baby. And Nick was like, "Uh, no, thank you. The diary entries don't paint Nick in a very flattering light, which is Mm -hmm. unfortunate because... Here in the present day, as Nick is day drinking on his fifth anniversary, he gets a phone call that makes him go back home because his neighbor tells him, like, hey, your cat's outside. He's at the bar with his sister and, you know, he gets the call that his cat is outside. So he goes home and he picks up his cat and he's like, hey, buddy, like, what what are you doing out here? The door is ajar. The front door is open. Yeah. And he goes in 
and the table is the like the coffee table in the living room is shattered and tipped over there's just stuff everywhere in the house you know like that looks like there was a struggle and nick's like what the fuck it was weird though because it was like there really the only signs of a struggle was the coffee table being shattered mm-hmm. he starts calling for amy which this really annoyed me because he calls her ames and i'm just like her name is already amy why are you shortening amy <laughs> like it's a it's already yeah. such a short name like you can't say two syllables you gotta make it one syllable yeah and so he's like uh i think i should probably call the police so he calls the police at first, they're like, okay, well, she's only been missing for a couple hours, so she's not technically a missing person. But with the struggle in the house, mm-hmm. we have to assume something bad happened. The investigators start walking around the house, and there's lots of suspicious things, um, most most importantly of which the husband, right? Like, the husband yeah. is the most suspicious. Listen, I don't care how the husband is acting if the wife is missing, the husband is the most suspicious thing, period. Well, let's also, we need to take into account that Nick is also acting like he came home and somebody hit his mailbox. Like, yeah. he's not acting like his wife is missing. He's just like, yeah, she's uh, she's gone and there was like a sign of a struggle. So you want to you wanna find her, you know? Like, can we wrap this up? Like, it's almost dinner time. I want to order some food, and it's awkward with you guys here. Yeah, now that my wife is missing, um, and she's not here to criticize me, I'm going to eat 14 egg rolls. Um, <laughs> So if you could hurry the fuck up, I really... Like, Nick is acting so just like, nah. It's true. There's no... Like, he doesn't... He does not seem worried. It is like someone hit my mailbox type energy. I actually think I would be more stressed out about someone hitting my mailbox than Nick was about his wife. Like just be missing the lead investigator she is she's not immediately like the husband did it but she's kind of side-eyeing him a little bit yeah you can tell that she's trying to give nick the benefit of the doubt you know innocent until proven guilty um the male investigator on this case is like it's the husband of course he fucking killed her yeah like why are why are we even thinking that he didn't do it First of all, if you don't have a line of sight of the wife, you assume she's dead and you assume the husband killed her. Like, end of story. Like, why are we looking for clues? <laughs> yeah. Well, and she's also like, do you know how hard it is to get a guilty verdict on a murder case without a body? Yeah. She's like, no, we cannot just assume he did it because if we arrest him, even if he did it, we're never going to get a body. Yeah. Well, they're processing everything and... uh there's a few suspicious things that they find. So, number one, the iron is plugged in like she was ironing her dress. So it's it's almost like something happened to her very suddenly. Uh-huh. There's evidence of, like, blood splatter, but it's very, like, barely there. So it's almost like someone cleaned up. In the kitchen. In the kitchen. So they order a swipe, a luminal swipe. Uh-huh. Well, and also, right in the bedroom... There's an envelope that says clue one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. and the investigators are like, what the fuck? <laughs> They're like, we found a clue. Yeah. So uh, it's actually part of Amy's scavenger hunt that she had planned for their anniversary before she went missing. At this point, uh, Nick reads it and they're like, do you know what it means? And 
he's like, oh, I need to go to my office because he's a professor. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, he takes them to his office and there's a pair of like lacy red sexy panties there. I mean, the panties were like kind of stuffed away. Like I don't even know how the investigator found it, but it was it it made it suspicious. Mm. Like, oh, random! What is this doing here? But yeah, there was another yeah. clue there. And when Nick reads that clue, it um, it it mentions like a a little brown house. And the investigator's like, "Do you know what that is? What that is?" And he's like, "No," but you can kind of tell he's being shady. Can I just yeah. say, like, oh God, I just I hate. I I just hate like riddles. I hate it. Yeah, like just say what you mean, all right? Draw me a map. That's <laughs> almost as hard as a riddle for me. I know, draw me a map is going to take me lo- probably longer to read a map than Yeah. A <laughs> but Nick is like I don't know what it means. Yeah, I don't know what this is. But he does. Yeah, his shady ass knows exactly what it means. And it's actually his dad's house. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to his dad's house, but the alarm code for his dad's house is not working. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, the police come, but he stuffs the third clue away before the police see it. Mm-hmm. The cops are like, uh, what you doing? And it's the same investigator. Right. And so that's when he realizes, like, oh, you're following me, you know? Duh. And yeah, I think. They are following him. Um, you could just tell that these investigators, they've pretty much given up on the idea of having a life until they find this woman because they're just like, you know what? This is our job now. We're going to follow this guy around. And it's a small town. There's probably like fucking yeah. nothing else going on. This is like the most action they've gotten in their entire careers. Of course, they're like, um, we're besties now, Nick. <laughs> Amy's parents have arrived and Mm -hmm. they're hosting like a search party and Nick looks super sus during this shit. Like it's a bad look, my dude. It's a bad look. It is. So to give you an example of how he looks sus, he's just okay. His wife is missing and he is posing next to her missing poster with a shit eating grin on his face. And the reason he does it is is you could tell he's like a fucking toddler. Like, you know, you hold up a camera to a toddler and they go, cheese. So that's what Nick is doing. Like people are like the press is there and the press is taking pictures. And so he just smiles because that's what he does when there's a picture and he just flashes his his teeth. Um, And obviously this looks terrible. He does not look like a distraught husband. But also like, are we really ones to judge how people grieve? No, yeah. And that's what I was going to say, too, is that a lot of times when people do kind of like trial by media, they just pick apart people's reactions. And it's like people handle things differently. Like I shut down emotionally. Like I like a wall comes down. I feel nothing. So it's like you can't judge someone by the way that they're processing their emotions. No, absolutely not. And uh, the media is doing exactly that. The media is picking him apart. They're like, oh, this mofo was guilty as fuck. Yeah. Like, especially because at this point, a woman named Noelle has came forward and said that her and Amy were best friends. Yeah. She really needs to talk to the police. She is trying hard to talk to the police. You know, 
it's so bizarre because the police, they're almost like giving her the cold shoulder. Like, okay, lady, we're busy investigating this. And she's like, I'm I'm her best friend. I have information. They're like, okay, cutie pie. Like, we'll get to you later. Like, yeah. what the hell? It's, like, it's almost like they don't want what she has to say. Oh, yeah. Also, if I ever go missing, please let the police know that my Google timeline is on. Um, what does that mean? My Google timeline? Oh, it tracks where you go when you go there through your Google map. Oh, okay. And so it, it literally will tell you, like, okay, like, she went here, then here, and then here, and then here. So my Google timeline is on. If my phone is with me, it'll tell you where I am. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so make sure police know that if I'm ever missing. You know what, girl? I got you. If you're ever missing, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna tell. Did them you that. check her binder for her if I'm kidnapped section? <laughs> well, you know what? Like, the thing is that now I am so deep in your inner circle that I will be a suspect if you're missing. Like, I'm gonna need an mm-hmm. alibi now. Like, think about this. This just occurred to me. Every person you are close to. It's just more people you need alibis for if they go missing. Well, see, you're busy with work and stuff. Like, you have clients that can vouch for you. But it's like a lot of my job, because I work in real estate, a lot of my job is being on the road with, like, no alibi because I'm just on the road, you know? Well, yes, that's true. But also, like, you don't live close enough to me to, like, swing by and murder me before you go to meet with a client, you know? I could just get the helicopter and just fly <laughs> VIP. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember what I thought about buying a helicopter? Because I thought it would be cheaper than airfare. <laughs> there was one time. Okay, so Courtney really concerned me one evening. She she was, like, drunk or something. But she sends me I a was. message, and she's like, I'm thinking of buying a helicopter. I'm like, this bitch win the lottery? The fuck is going on? She's like, because I have such a big family, it will probably be cheaper than airfare. I'm like, Courtney, I'm pretty sure a helicopter is like millions of dollars. And you're like, no. She was thinking it was going to be like a car. She thought a helicopter was going to yes. be like 80 grand. Yeah, I thought a helicopter would be like, a, it's a small helicopter, okay? I'm not looking for anything fancy. Um, <laughs> like a helicopter is not already fancy. Yeah, anyways. Um, so Noelle is the girl who claims she's Amy's best friend is like, I have information. And so she actually goes on like a TV show, like a news TV show. And she's stating that Amy was really unhappy and that Amy was scared of Nick. Mm, Yeah. And that Amy told her all these things about how Nick was violent. Nick hurt her. And the police actually... Go and talk to, like, this group of um, homeless people that Nick had mentioned. This uh, this town has an abandoned mall where, where a lot of homeless people hang out. And they go there because Nick had told them, like, hey, we have a huge homeless people problem. Uh-huh. And somehow it's like, screw you. Like, homeless people are not trying to kidnap your wife. They they have enough problems on their hands. They don't have anywhere to keep her. <laughs> like, why would you think that? <laughs> Yeah, so that's where the police, they're kind of putting all these pieces together that insinuate that, you know, Amy was scared of Nick and she bought a gun because she was scared for her safety. And she told her best friend that, you know, Nick was abusive. Well, and they also, they have Nick's credit card statements, okay? 
And they see all these that Nick had like $17,000 in credit card debt. And they see all of this stuff that Nick apparently bought, but it's missing. And they're like, where the fuck is Nick keeping all the stuff? Like a set of really expensive golf clubs, a 65 inch TV, um, like all of this stuff that was bought with Nick, Nick's credit cards are just, um, not at the house. And so it's looking super sus for Nick. I mean, that's kind of a little bit of motive there to like Uh financial issues. And the police ask him about this stuff. And he's like, this is identity theft. I've never like I didn't buy this. And they're like, "Okay, Nick, like who bought all this crap then? You know? Yeah. So the police find Amy's diary. And they find Amy's diary in like a furnace at Nick's dad's house and it looks like it like they tried to like somebody tried to burn it to get right. rid of it. Yeah. They're reading through it and it describes so much emotional neglect from Nick towards Amy. Yeah, it just kind of paints the story, you know, of how they met and how their marriage started falling apart and mm-hmm. and how he started becoming increasingly aggressive and abusive. Yeah, like Amy at one point says he uses me for sex when he feels like it and then I'm invisible the rest of the time. Yeah, and then but she also describes a moment where he like he shoves her. Yeah, he yeah, he shoves her into the stair banister and she falls and hits her head. So, it's getting physical and her very last entry she says like this man really might kill me. And this is not just like a couple of entries. This is a whole like 300 plus page diary full of the story of how they fell in love and it's all whimsical and beautiful and romantic and you just see it slowly devolve into my husband got laid off and then became an alcoholic and started beating me and neglecting me yeah it's really heartbreaking yeah so listen uh nick also on top of treating his wife like crap he's a fucking asshole that's been cheating on his wife with one of his students Even right now, his wife is missing and his girlfriend shows up at his sister's house. Nick has been staying with his sister. Yeah. She shows up at his sister's house and he's like, oh, my God. Hey, baby. Quick question. Did you leave panties in my office? (laughs) And she's like, oh, I I, I don't know. Like, maybe like it's and he's like, oh, okay." She's like, oh, my God. Like, I love you. I miss you. Like, oh, my God. And he's like, all right. Baby, you need to shut the fuck up. We can't be seen together again because this is going to look really fucking bad for me. I don't understand. I can't really wrap my head around like his interest in this girl because she seems so clingy and needy and it's just so yeah. so unattractive to me, but okay. Um, well, here's the thing. Older men seem to like younger clingy women because it makes them feel important and needed. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. So men who usually feel like a lesser, mm-hmm. um, and you, it's actually like a like a statistical thing to where men who feel lesser in their marriage tend to have affairs with younger women. Where they are seen as, where the man is seen as the power figure and the woman is kind of like 
looking up to them or needing them for stuff yeah. because they feel lesser than in their marriage. You'll see men and women who are sort of equals in their marriage as far as financially and stuff like that. When those men have affair, they also have affairs with equals. Hmm. Interesting. Meanwhile, while Nick is, you know, sneaking around with his fucking girlfriend like an idiot, um, the police have finished processing the house and they found a crap ton of blood that was cleaned up in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a cut. It was like someone bled profusely on the floor and then someone else tried to clean it up. But like sloppy. Like they didn't even clean up the crime scene correctly. Well, at this point, it's just, it's really looking like Amy's dead, you know? Yeah. Well, they're like, listen, like, that's a lot of fucking blood. It's just, oh my God. It's looking really bad for Nick. At this point, they have um, a candlelight vigil for her. And during the vigil, Noelle, the woman who claims to be Amy's best friend, Shows up and was like, where's Amy, Nick? Where's your pregnant wife? Mm-hmm. She insinuates that, like, Nick murdered his pregnant wife because he didn't want kids. Right. Well, the, and also, Amy went to the doctor and took a test, and it's in her medical record that that test came up positive. So she was pregnant. Yeah. And so Nick's like, I had no fucking idea. I mean, obviously, he's just claiming, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And here's the thing, right? It's like the guy could be a dirtbag and the guy could be abusive and neglectful and all these things and still not have killed his wife. Yeah. Um, But the problem is that, like, the odds are that he did. And I think all the time about how many people are in jail because the likelihood of them having done it is too big to consider the small chance that it was a random serial killer. Yeah. Like, how many people are in jail because a random serial killer just came through a town and killed the person's wife, and no one else has motive, no one else has opportunity, no one else, you know what I mean? And that the the husband ends up going to jail. Uh Uh-huh. Regardless of whether or not Nick is a murderer, Nick looks really bad. Yeah. And we're going to lay out some of the stuff that the cops also have. Nick was in a shit ton of debt. He was, yeah. Bumped up the life insurance policy, was in an unhappy marriage, was having an affair. It was a known fact between both of their families that Nick did not want children. And then you have his pregnant wife who's being like, hey, I'm pregnant. Nick's having a lot of motive at this point to murder his wife. And also, he can't divorce her because everything is in her name. She has an ironclad prenup. Yeah. The bar that he owns, their house, their cars, everything is in Amy's name. So if he were to leave Amy, he were to he would lose everything. Yeah. So Nick's sister, she finds out about his affair and she goes off on him. She's like, are you? As she should. (laughs) Hell yeah, as any sister would. She's like, and she's just, she basically says, you have to tell me right now. Did you do this? Did you Mm -hmm. kill her? And he's like, no, I didn't. And she says, Nick, you know, Amy was pregnant and you didn't want kids. And Nick tells his sister, That's not true. That's a lie that Amy told me to tell. I wanted kids. She didn't want kids. 
Yeah, and he even shows, he says that when they first moved to Missouri, he went to a fertility clinic and he did his thing in the cup to get frozen. And he's like, I actually, a few months ago, I got a letter that stated, we have your stuff. We're going to destroy your sample if if it's not used Mm -hmm. soon. And he's like, Amy's the one that didn't want kids. He's like, you know, we went to the fertility, I went to the fertility clinic. I did my thing and she never went and did her part. Yeah, so this is when we start thinking like, okay, well, why did mm. why did Amy lie about that? And then yeah. Nick solves the last riddle. Yes. And it leads him to his sister's woodshed. Mm-hmm. And it's full of gifts. All the stuff on Nick's credit cards is in that shed. The TV, like a robot dog, um, the golf clubs. When Nick opens up this woodshed and he sees all this stuff and then he sees the box, there's like this box with these wooden dolls that, you know, is like his wife's present. This is when it hits him that Amy is setting him up. She is framing him, that she planned this whole thing. Yeah, there's like a note in with the creepy wooden puppets and in the notes she insinuates that he is going to be up, up, up the river, which is a euphemism for being in prison. Mm, I didn't know that, actually. <laughs> and so he's like, holy fuck. Then it changes the scene, and it kind of changes the perspective of the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it goes to Amy. She's in a car, and she's like, I've never felt better than when than my first day of being dead. Yeah. She's so happy. <laughs> and she is outlining how she planned this whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Down to the dot, she's like, no, like every good writer knows that you have to build the background first. Mm-hmm. So she started planning, setting her husband up months ago. She faked all these diary entries. She started off with, like, real events, and then she started adding fake events about him being, like, violent and and abusive. Like, none of that was real. She befriended her neighbor just to feed her stories about how abusive Nick is. I mean, diabolical. Like, this woman. She sat there and read a book while she drained a whole bunch of her blood. Oh, right. And then faked the crime scene. She um, drained her toilet water and then invited a pregnant neighborhood friend over to steal her urine to fake a pregnancy test. So (laughs) when we get Amy's perspective, because she's on the run now, she bought a car from Craigslist cash and like a generic car that wouldn't stand out. And as she's driving down the road feeling free because everyone thinks that her husband murdered her, there is like a very detailed to-do list on the passenger side seat. And I thought of you. I'm like, only someone like you would be so organized and detailed about framing their husband for murder. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um, But yeah, she has like a super fucking detailed list. Like it is... It blows my mind how detailed this fucking list is. She goes into hiding at this kind of 
motel type thing. Amy has dyed her hair. She cut her hair. She's wearing glasses. She's trying really hard to look unrecognizable. Uh, she also hit herself in the face with a hammer. Dude, there are parts in this movie where uh. I literally, like, it's so... And the thing is, it's like, she didn't need to do that. Why did she do that? She hit herself in the eye with a hammer to get a black eye. You couldn't have just used makeup? Like, Jesus. You couldn't have just, like, punched yourself? Like, you had to use a hammer? I know. That could have... I don't know. That could have gone so, so wrong. Her final plan is to take a handful of pills, walk into the water, die, like, you know, OD on pills and then drown herself, which, honestly, I want to know, like, she plans for the police to find her and pin it on Nick, but she's not close to home at this point. When would Nick have had time to right, drive her? There. And also, wouldn't a talk screen show that, like, she wasn't hit in the back of the head with a hammer? She set up a bloody crime scene, but she doesn't uh-huh. have any sort of blunt force trauma on her. And also, her time of death wouldn't have matched up. Exactly. So I, I'm I'm confused because, like, as much as genius as her planning and everything is... I'm finding holes in your plan, girl. Yeah. Like, listen, call Courtney. She'll help you tighten those up. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to commit to being evil, you need to commit. Um, But after Amy is at this motel for a while, she has some time to think about it. She plucks kill self off of the calendar. She's like, why should I die? Yeah. She realizes, like, you know what? I am. I changed my mind. I'm not going to kill myself to frame my husband because everybody already thinks I'm dead. I don't need to. I'm like, good, good thinking, girl. That's that's good thinking. Um, yeah. Hey, I just wanted to mention, too. So Amy at this motel, she's so organized. She has this calendar with, like, all these little post-it notes on days because she left all these breadcrumbs. And so uh-huh. if if her clues are not being found by the police, she basically just calls in a tip and just says, hey, uh, go look in the furnace. Uh, go, yeah. like, go do this, go do that. Like, she's pointing them to her clues. Uh-huh. Like, okay, so at this point, Nick knows that Amy's alive, and he knows that she planned all of this shit, okay? And... He tells his sister, and she's like, my dude, you need a good attorney. And so Nick actually flies to go meet this one really big-time criminal defense attorney. And so he goes to meet with this guy. And it's so funny because the attorney's like, ha, Amy's a fucking genius, man. The attorney believes him. He's like, listen, I believe you that your wife is this crazy bitch that orchestrated this whole, like, frame job. But he's like, there's no way we, 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 like, we have no real proof. Like, can you, can you prove, you know, Amy's instability or a pattern of behavior? You know, and he's like, kind of, you know, she has two exes who she has had like restraining orders placed on or pressed charges against. So the attorney encourages Nick to reach out to these exes to try to talk to them and kind of get information. One of the exes, he is, I mean, he is ready to talk. And he's like, listen, this girl, she's a crazy ass bitch. Like he tells Nick how she framed him for rape. 
and then he ended up having to plea to a lesser charge just to uh-huh. not go to jail. And now he like can't get a job because he's a sex offender. Yeah. And he says, oh, Amy graduated from being raped to being murdered. I'm like, oh, ouch. Oh, don't like that. <laughs> don't like the sound yeah. of that. Oh, my gosh. The other ex, however, is like, your wife is missing and you came to talk to me to essentially try to villainize her. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, the other ex seems to not have had a bad time with Amy because he doesn't want to talk to Nick and he actually seems to believe that Nick is behind Amy's disappearance. Yeah. Meanwhile, Amy uh, got a little too close with uh, some other... Uh, residents uh-huh. of the motel and she got robbed like all the cash she got on her was stolen from her and now she's in a tough spot she has no money and everyone thinks she's dead she has nowhere to go and so she calls that one ex um and his name is desi but um, she calls ex Desi and she basically states that she needs help. And he meets her like at this casino for lunch or something. He is creepy. Can we just say Desi is very creepy? Desi is ex- Desi is Amy. Like Desi. <gasps> You're so right. Yes. He is super fucking clingy and crazy. So he sets Amy up at his lake house. Um, and he's like, don't worry, there's security. Nobody can leave without me knowing. You can essentially stay at my lake house forever and nobody would ever fucking know. Amy spun the story like I had to run away from my husband because he was abusing me and he was going to kill me. Uh-huh. And when her ex is like, well, why don't you just go to the police? She's like, I can't now like because everybody thinks I'm dead. Like I just can't turn up. She went to him for help. And now it's like she's trapped. Because she is. (laughs) Yeah, because he has her in this lake house and he basically is like, you can't leave. And the whole place is being is under surveillance. Yeah. And he brought her like hair dye and stuff like "Um, you look like shit. You need to go back to the Amy that I fell in love with. He's basically like, you need to start looking like yourself. I have a gym and here's some hair dye. So I need you to like, he's basically like, you're ugly now and I need you to be cute again. Yeah. But again, she's like at his mercy and he keeps coming back and she's kind of like, um, like, I don't think I'm ready for any of this yet. And he's like, get ready. Meanwhile, while Amy is being held hostage by her ex, Nick gives an interview on like a talk show to try to like tell his side of the story. Right. So Nick is scheduled for an interview and the interview is going to air the next day. And the purpose of it is his lawyer told him, you need to get in front of the affair and you need to admit to it before mm. it comes out. Because if it, if you reveal it, it will look better. And yeah. as Nick is in the green room getting ready to record his interview, another interview airs. Yeah, and it's his girlfriend who's giving a press conference admitting to basically how she's so ashamed that she let herself be taken advantage of by her professor. So now that it was revealed that he had an affair, he his lawyer's like, hey, listen, you shouldn't do this interview. And Nick is like, no, I, I want to do this interview. And he does the interview anyway. And he fucking nails it. Yeah, it airs the next day, and he 
does really well in the interview, but his main goal is to send a message to Amy because he knows that she's watching. Uh-huh. Um, and his interview hits the mark, you know? Um, Amy is watching it at the lake house with De- with ex Desi. She's watching it, and Desi is not happy that she's so invested in what her husband has to say. <laughs> in the interview, he basically talks about how Amy made him a better man and how uh-huh. he was wrong and how he messed up and how he didn't deserve her and how uh-huh. he realizes now he's learned his lesson and that if she was here now, he would be the man that she deserves. And he's yes. essentially telling her, like, come home. I learned my lesson, honey. Like, this, you did this whole thing to teach me a lesson. I learned it. Yeah. Um. And Amy is, the shift in her mind is just like, okay, I should go home. <laughs> but meanwhile, after this interview airs, um, Nick gets arrested for oh, murder. Yeah. Well, what did they have on him now that they arrested him? They just collected enough evidence? I feel like, yeah, they just collected enough evidence. They have the diary that they found in Nick's dad's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also, they found all the shit in Margot's shed. Right. Okay, so I think now they have they have the motive. They have kind of enough circumstantial evidence to arrest him yeah to to find him culpable yeah Uh uh-huh and so they arrest him and um he gets out on bail while he's just kind of waiting for something to change you know regarding like the case and the evidence they have against him amy basically does the same thing she did to nick but she does it to ex desi dude this lady like what the fuck she is so diabolical. She literally could have just been like, okay, um, Desi, can you take me home? And instead she's like, okay, and now I have to frame Desi to unframe my husband. Amy pulls a reverse Uno card and she's like, you know what? No, it wasn't my husband that, that tried to kill me. It's actually my ex, Desi, kidnapped me and framed my husband. Yeah, and Amy, she she commits to being the villain, all right? She is in her villain era, and she is comfortable with it. Oh God, the things she does. Oh. Okay, so... This part of the movie is so uncomfortable, and it's the part where, like, uh, why I was like, I, I was like, no, we can't do it because of that. Literally, because it gets so gory. It does. Okay, so I'm going to put this as delicately as I can. First, Amy changes her entire personality to make herself what Desi wants. She cuts her hair. She dyes her hair. She's wearing, like, sexy lingerie. And then as soon as Desi leaves for her work one morning, she, like, dips, like, the front of her nightgown into, like, wine. And then she runs to the window right in front of a camera and is, like, screaming and pounding on the window. It looks like she was attacked and she's trying to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, And then... While Desi is at work that day, she assaults herself with a wine bottle. Amy also makes ligature marks on her wrist with rope. Once again, she has a little check mark of what to do to frame someone. And she is establishing a new situation that she was held captive, that she was abused and all this stuff. And in order to make her, quote, escape as dramatic and believable as possible... When Desi gets home that night, she's like, I want to be with you. 
And so they start um they start having sex and then she slits his throat. She kills him right right at the climax of sex. She kills him. He bleeds all over her. I mean, it is one of the goriest scenes. Like this is when you yeah. when you tell me you want to do horror movies, this is why I don't do horror movies. Like shit like this, like blood, goriness, uh, I can't. It makes okay, me Okay, I don't I don't want to do horror movies. I want to do a scary movie for October. <laughs> yeah, we could do scary movie. But yeah, so um it was just it was so gory and graphic. This scene traumatized me. Well, and she also like rolls around in his blood. Oh my god, she's such a psycho. I know. <laughs> she's a genius, but a fucking crazy one. Our girl shows up at home wearing nothing but a night like a lingerie nightgown covered in blood in a stolen car. Yeah, she drives up to her house that, you know, all the press is parked outside of Nick's house, outside of their house. And she walks up and the 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 press is like, wait, is that Amy? Like this lady showing up covered in blood? Yeah, Nick walks out and like meets her in the yard and she just like falls into his arms and he like holds her, leans down in her ear and goes, you fucking bitch. He's like, you crazy <laughs> fucking bitch. And then she passes out. Yeah. And so, you know, the police come. Obviously, she gets treated. It's the weirdest thing, though, because they take her to the hospital and they examine her and they have her on heavy painkillers. The police try to, like, the investigator that was investigating her disappearance tries to, like, poke holes in her story. Like, she's trying to understand what's happening. And Amy's just so good at lying that she's just like, oh, yeah, I don't, you know. I'm fading. I'm fading. I'm in, I have so much. I need to pull that card. Like, next time, next time someone's trying to get more information out of you than you want, you just got to kind of shake your head and close your eyes and just say, I'm fading. (laughs) Yeah, well, also, I don't understand why she's so covered in blood. She hasn't showered yet. Why is she so covered in blood? I know that's what I don't understand because they took her to the, you know, they they took her to the hospital and I thought they would like wipe her down because that's a biohazard. Like being covered in someone else's blood is a biohazard. Yeah. Um, but at this point, Nick takes her home. Um, after the police talk to her, the hospital discharges her. Nick takes her home and they get back in the house and he's just like all right, stop fucking lying, you bitch. Yeah, he's like, he's like, drop the act. <laughs> She's like, meet me in the shower. I want to make sure you're not wearing a wire. Oh my God, what an exhausting marriage. They can't even have conversations anymore because they have like this huge secret to hide. And so she's washing all of Desi's blood off of her in the shower. Nick gets naked, meets her in the shower. Um, He's like, hey, like, I don't want to let you know that this doesn't change anything. I'm still leaving you. And she's like, ha ha ha, silly boy. No, you're not. How is this going to look that your wife was kidnapped, fought her way back to you, and then you still left her? What I don't get is like why he's even telling her. It's like, did you not learn your lesson? She's a psychopath. Like, if you're going to leave her, be smart and do it in a sneaky way. Like, just ghost her like you guys don't have kids just fucking ghost her (laughs) well and then she tells him like while they're in the shower and he's like amy you killed somebody 
And she's like, okay, like, why are you harping on that fact? Why do you keep bringing that up? Um, And she's like, listen, she's like, you got on TV and begged me to save your life. And I obliged. Okay. I want the Nick that you promised me. In that interview. In that interview. I want the Nick that you, that begged me to come back. And he's like, uh, I don't know. She's like, let me put it this way. I'm going to get that Nick or else. Girl, she basically is saying like, hey, I framed you for murder and then I saved you from the death penalty by coming back. So you owe me. Yeah. Nick Nick is so terrified of her. He sleeps in the guest room. He like locks the door. He's so scared of her. Like literally Nick has now turned into the Amy that Amy pretended to be in her diaries. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so true. He's the one that's scared now. Uh-huh. But you know, when Nick Nick tells his lawyer, like he's like, she's crazy. She killed that guy. She admitted it to me, you know, and he even tells the investigator, it's like they're all friends now and they're all like have at a diner together just discussing how crazy Amy is, but none of them can prove it. Yeah, like, honestly, Nick's attorney kind of feels like it's, he kind of acts like it's funny. He was like, well, man, I su- suggest you don't get her mad. He's also like, you got a book deal. Your bar is, like, having the best business it's ever had. Like, you guys are actually coming up, you know, roses. And Nick is like, yeah, well, except for the pa- fact that I am married but to a sociopath. Like, How long until she decides that she's outlived her villain era and decides that she is now going to enter her widow era. Ooh. <laughs> Listen, Nick, she the minute me. a fancy robe with feathers shows up, you need to go. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. If your wife is buying the fancy robes, you, you'll know the one. It's like see-through. It's billowy. It's long. Yes. It's got like the, um, the fur around yeah. the sleeves and the neck. Honey, you need to start sleeping in the guest room and locking the door because she's about to kill your ass. Yeah. Um, so it's only a matter of time before Amy decides she wants to be a widow. <laughs> Amy and Nick are getting ready for a a TV interview. And Nick's in the mirror with the water on so nobody can hear him. And he's practicing a speech like, my wife is psychotic. My <laughs> wife is going to kill me. Like... <laughs> But it's like he's going to try something on national television. Right. But he knows he's not. It's just making him feel better. Like he has some sort of control, which he 100% does not anymore. Right. And Amy is like, I got you a present. He's like, what? I don't want any presents from you. She's like, (laughs) honey, it's fine. Just look at it. And it's a pregnancy test. Yes. This is, I remember when I first read the book, like the feeling of dread I was like, oh, my God, no, not a baby, because she is such a horrendously terrible person. I know. Well, here's the thing. She she doesn't want a baby. Nick wants a baby. Yeah. And he's like, I haven't fucking touched you. And she's like, yeah, but remember those samples you dropped off at the lab? Um, I went ahead and, like, contacted them previously to make sure they still saved them. And I went ahead and, you know, used your, you know, man cream. Ew, to- <laughs> Courtney, what the hell? 
I went ahead and used your samples that you dropped off to inseminate myself. So you're going to be a dad. And now she knows she has Nick by the balls because I can honestly see from Nick's perspective how easy it would be for if Nick still decided to leave, how easy it would be for her to be like, I just snapped one day and I had flashbacks of the time when I was captured and then I drowned my child in a bathtub. Like how easy would it be for her to play that off as her being a victim and Nick won't let that happen. So she knows she has Nick for as long as she decides. Yeah. So this is their happily ever after. I mean, look, I want to say they deserve each other, but I just, I don't think the worst man in the world deserves this psycho. Path. <laughs> she oh absolutely not and listen is amy the villain yes amy is the villain but she's also kind of smart i'm impressed she's very smart <laughs> i think women everywhere just saw this movie and just kind of side-eyed their husbands like hey just so you know just so you know keeping this in my back pocket <laughs> listen if i need to add a section to the binder i will <laughs> What the section is going to be like frame husband for infidelity. (laughs) No, I, no one would ever believe that my husband murdered or kidnapped me or like, no, no one would ever fucking believe it. Okay. I'll tell you right now, like I've never met your husband, but I would believe it just because if I don't hear from you for a long time, my first thought is like, she might've been murdered by her husband. Are you serious? I am. I'm not not serious. Okay. Um. Well, listen. I'm glad he has that going for him. I'm glad he is so uh, innocent looking that no one would believe it. He's just so mild mannered. Like really. Like he could be like, no, I literally murdered her, and they'll be like, Frank, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> All right, guys, the teapot is empty for the day because it died. It's dead. It was murdered by Amy Dunn. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry, though. Um, More is brewing and on the way in slightly less sociopathic terms. Yeah. We'll be back next week with another episode. I think it will be sunnier. I think we're doing like a cute movie next week. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're doing we're doing a definitely more upbeat movie um, next week. We have to cleanse our palate yeah. so we don't become afraid of strangers again. Well, I mean, too late, too late, too late. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.